Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of 1 carat plus and receive a free natural 1 carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. What's going on? Welcome into the Friday edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Salerson alongside Pelicans.com writer Jim Mike and offer happy home game day to you. I hope everyone can make it out tonight to the Smoothie King Center as the Pelicans welcome in the Utah Jazz preseason game number three. But again, the lone preseason game at home for the Pelicans will head out tomorrow to San Antonio to face Spurs on Sunday afternoon. So Jim, after two day, two games on the road, three days on the road, it's nice to be back home and Looking forward to playing in front of the home crowd or at least seeing the home crowd tonight. Definitely. I mean, there have been many times in the past where the home preseason game has been kind of a ho-hum affair. You expect there to be a few thousand people in the stands, but I think this year is going to be completely different. You can tell from just being around New Orleans. I mean, we've barely been around New Orleans the last few days, but um, yesterday just talking to a lot of people that are excited and are pumped about coming to a preseason home game. Um, the Pelicans, it's amazing to me in the morning when you got the TV on in the background, how often you're seeing Pelicans discussion this morning on ESPN, there was a, like a five minute feature about the Pelicans and obviously focusing a lot on Zion, but um, just going to be cool to see uh, all of the excitement be uh, shown tonight in the arena for the one home preseason game that they get to play. And I think also based on the open practice last Saturday with almost 10,000 fans in attendance. And as Drew mentioned, Drew Holly mentioned a shoot around that, even on an LSU game day, you still have that many. That just shows the type of excitement this city has for this basketball team. Definitely. And uh, kind of on the same note of what I was talking about in terms of the coverage of the team, this is definitely the most open practice highlights I've ever seen on national sports telecasts. It's it's funny how many times you'll you'll see a clip will come up of, of Zion dunking or some other play from the open practice. I'm pretty sure that that's never happened before. But, um, I mean – like you said, the attendance there was incredible, and I'm sure there's going to be even more people in the building tonight than there was uh, last Saturday. So the Pelicans did win two games on the road against Atlanta and Chicago, but I felt like, Jim, there were two different games. You really saw, um, I think, some better play in the game against Atlanta. They seemed to be in control through most of that. Against Chicago, they struggled for three quarters or two and a half. It kind of made their comeback in the last quarter, but nonetheless, two wins, but I feel like there's some good and some bad you can take away from the first two. Yeah, I think the best thing to me from a team standpoint probably was the unselfishness in the passing 
They had a lot of assists in the Hawks game. They had 25, which is a decent number. And then they followed that up with 40 against Chicago. So I really like the cohesiveness so far and the chemistry, the way that people are setting each other up and the way that the, the team in general looks like they've played together. It's not like you just threw a bunch of guys on the court and they all are, they all seem unfamiliar with each other. Um, from a negative standpoint, I, th- I still think that the defense is something that they've talked about a lot. Um, the I think the defense was definitely worse in the Chicago game than it was in the Atlanta game, so that was a little bit of a regression, if you want to call it that. So um, I think that's definitely some one of the, the biggest emphasis in right now going into, we, what do we got, about a week and a half, I guess, before we start in the regular season. I guess the good news from that is that it is preseason, and you expect some things that they're going to have to work on. And again, with a, basically a new defensive coordinator in Jeff Bezelik, and you have 15 out of the 20 guys are new. I think you would expect um, a little bit of shakiness with the defense in the first couple of games. But I'm glad you mentioned the unselfishness of these players because head coach Alvin Gentry has said in the past that the goal every game is to get to 30 assists. If they can get to 30 assists, for the most part, they're probably winning that ball game. So averaging 32 and a half in the two games is something to be impressed with. So we'll see if that continues tonight. Um, before we get into tonight's game, um, another thing that stuck out to me and I think stuck out to you a little bit from that win in Chicago was the play of Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Um, most of the reserves were in for that fourth quarter comeback, which was even better to see, the fact that those were the guys that helped with the comeback against a lot of the, the Bulls' main players until the last couple of minutes or so. But Nikhil Alexander-Walker did not look like a rookie out there. He just looked so poised and comfortable and also missed two key free throws, but they came back and hit a three afterwards it just shows the type of player he's capable of being yeah and the I thought he in both cases both games he sat for most of the game the first couple quarters like you said and then he comes in and plays great and I think hard to do too right and it's a situation that I mean honestly how many NBA players he's a first round pick he was one of the best players in college basketball at Virginia Tech how many guys have ever been in that situation their career where you have to sit there for that long of a stretch and then jump in the game and immediately be ready to play. Um, I thought in the Chicago game, one of the things that was the most impressive about what he did was he did not start well. As far as the first few minutes he was on the court, he missed some shots. I think he might've had a turnover or two. It was just a rough way to get going, but then he ends up having a huge fourth quarter. I think he had 10 points in the last three minutes or so made the tying three point shot. Um, a couple other players have referenced this, including Drew Holiday, that he just has the right, the the right character, the right kind of approach to everything. And I think for a guy who's 20 or 21 who played two years in college basketball, that's been one of the most impressive things about him is just he doesn't look like a rookie at all. He looks like he's been in the league for a while. We saw that in summer league where he jumped out there after he had to sit out the first couple games due to the NBA trade, complicated, boring rules. Um, and was like, I'm the best. I'm going to be the best player on the court right off the bat. When you roll up in your Maserati this afternoon to the Smoothie King Center and you're oh, thinking God. about tonight's game, the Seeky question of the day, Jim, is kind of what are you looking out for tonight? Because we've had different things that you probably look out for in the first two games. This might be the last game where we see different types of rotations, as Alvin mm-hmm. has said at practice yesterday, that he's going to get more into what his rotations might look like in the regular season for games four and five on the road. Um, but when you roll up, in your fancy car, what, what are you looking for tonight? <laughs> uh, once again, I always say, if I could only live in the world that you've envisioned for me, <laughs> I would be very happy. But, no, uh, 
I think even though I, th- I feel like with everything with preseason, you always have to couch everything in the with, with the, the caveat that it's not going to be the same as a preseason game. Utah's not going to or a regular season game. Utah's not going to have probably their main rotation out there. But in within the within that context, I think one of the things that I'm interested to see is Utah has a lot of veteran players. They, they've been one of the best defensive teams in the league over the last few years. They generally play very slow. I don't know if that's going to necessarily be the same thing now with Mike Conley at point guard although he played on a lot of teams that had slow tempo in Memphis. But just, I guess one of the things I'm curious to see is just, it's a, it's kind of an interesting matchup for preseason that you have a team that like the Pelicans that's filled with a bunch of young guys against a team like Utah that has a lot of veterans and really a roster that was put together to be contending right now and to be one of the best teams in the West. So how did the Pelicans do against that? I think the first, and again, not trying to read too much into preseason, but the first two games really were against developing teams, the Hawks and the Bulls. The Jazz are much more of a team that you think is going to be ready to be competitive right now, and and so maybe that maybe it'll be, be a little bit more of a test, especially for the Pelicans' offense against a team that consistently year in and year out is like a top three defensive team. And there's your Seat Geek question of the day. Trying to find tickets to basketball games or any other live event can be complicated. There's hundreds of sites and shady pricing. With Seat Geek, you can do everything in one place. Search for and discover the best deals on seats, buy from any device, and sell and transfer tickets in just a couple of taps. With their deal score technology, they rank the most valuable seats based on price, location, historical data, and more. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Best of all, our listeners will get $20 off their first purchase in the SeatGeek app. Use the code GOPELS, all caps, one word, at checkout, SeatGeek. Let's go. Before we go into our interview, Frank Jackson is our special guest today. Frank Jackson grew up in Utah, so whenever he plays Utah Jazz, which you will hear is special, no matter if it's preseason or regular season, and also Derek Favors plays his former team. I know it'll be a little different when he goes back to Salt Lake City, but he talked about yesterday, it's just another game, but at the same time, it'll be great to see some of his old teammates. Yeah, and you know, for Frank to give a little shout-out plug here to Pelicans Weekly, I believe it was on there, on the on the show that Alvin Gentry talked about when he was asked who the most surprising player or somebody that's really stood out from what he's seen so far. He mentioned Frank Jackson. Um, he's played well in the first couple preseason games. Um, I know a lot of people are asking, you know, how much is he, what's his role going to be? And I think we don't really know. I was on Utah radio yesterday and they asked me that exact question. And I said, really, I think it's going to be determined during training camp. And there's just so many guards that need that, that think they, they deserved playing time. And so we'll see what happens with that. But in terms of favors, I think, He's um, yeah. I can't imagine that pre even even if this game was in Utah tonight, it wouldn't be exactly the same as far as there wouldn't be. Like, I'm sure there would be a huge great reception for him, but it's just not. You can't compare it to the regular right. season. But um, but I, I'm looking forward to seeing what he what he can do, and it, I'm I'm not sure what Utah's plans are. We don't really delve into the preseason opposing team that much for good reason. But is he how much he's going to be matched up against Rudy Gobert tonight? So that'll be interesting. That he's a guy that he played with, and he was also kind of the quote unquote backup center for him sometimes in the last few years in Utah. All right, let's get to our interview. I was able to sit down with Frank Jackson. Here he talks about preseason and also um, playing against the team he grew up watching. Frank, before we get into Utah stuff, let's talk about the first two preseason games as a team. You know, obviously the big comeback win against. The Chicago Bulls on Wednesday night. How do you guys feel overall through two games? Uh, you know, pretty pretty good. You know, that first game, I thought we came out super strong and uh, executed our game plan, and 
then uh, the second game, you know, we uh, wasn't as pretty, but we got the job done. I think uh, we took, we learned from both games. I think we grew tremendously um, and just, you know, worked hard. You know, it, the preseason is, is the time to, to get better and to kind of get those kinks out before before the before the big lights come on. You're one of the guys that kind of helped lead the charge yesterday, or I should say Wednesday, in the win against Chicago. What did it mean to you guys knowing that even though it is a preseason, you're down 20, the easy thing could have been just to lay down and say, all right, we'll just move on to Friday's game against the Jazz. But you all, you know, kind of made it look like a regular season game and came back. I saw your emotion at the end of the game, how pleased you were with a win. Just talk about the emotion and the fact that through a preseason game, you all were able to stand with each other and come back and win. Yeah, I think, you know, whether it was a preseason game, whether it was a scrimmage, or whether it was a closed practice, I think, you know, when you can when you can come back from from down 20, it feels good in, in any atmosphere, in any environment. And I think we learned from that, and uh, we grew from it. You know, it's the NBA; it's it's a game of runs. Um, you know, you can be up by 20, and then you can be down by 15 in the next five minutes. You never know what could happen. So, you know, we we were able to stay locked in, and we were able to rely on each other, and uh, we were able to get the job done. I know you can hear the oohs and ahs from the stands when Zion makes a big play, but you've been able to play with him now. I mean, what is it like? Just you have a, a close view of him and his dunks, and just playing with him every day. Have you ever seen that from he's someone yet so, alone a nineteen-year-old? No, he's so special, man. He's like a he's like a human pogo stick. I mean, I've never seen someone play with so much energy and, and force and power. Uh, he's got grown man strength at nineteen. It's crazy because you know this league is so physical, but. That's a physical dude, and he's going to be able to, to do some incredible things this year and uh, have, a, have a great career. And not only that, how humble he is at the age of 19. Yeah. Do you see in media? I'm guessing he's the same way around you guys uh, like he is with the media. He's the nicest kid. Uh, you know, he's the nicest kid around and always has a smile on his face, always has good positive energy, and, and uh, he just likes to play basketball. And at the end, at the end of the day, uh, that's, that's what he loves to do, and he, he does it tremendously well, so... He's awesome. I love being his teammate. I remember when it was your rookie year, you'd be carrying around a Hello Kitty backpack or doing something else. Is there any plans in store for some of these guys uh, or taking it easy on them a little bit? I don't know. I think they've, they've gotten it really easy. So I think maybe I'll have to get with the older uh, the older gentlemen on the team, maybe Mr. Reddick and Mr. Holiday, and see what they can throw together. But I think they do deserve a little embarrassment for sure. Absolutely. All right. We talked last year when you went to Utah. It was your first game in Utah. That's where your family's from. Yeah. Is it always special, even though it's preseason, even though it's at home, no, just definitely. seeing Utah across the way? Yeah, definitely. It's uh, it's always a joy and a privilege to play to play uh, any team, honestly. But you know, playing playing my home team is, is really cool. Um, you know, I'm blessed to be able to to play a game that I love for for a living and. Uh, it's cool, you know, going up, growing up, you go to a lot of jazz games, and now you're, uh, you're playing against them. It's pretty cool. So, were you even alive during like the John, Mal- the Carl Malone and John no, Stockton area, no, which is like one of the best times of their? I mean, I, I'm, what year was that? Was I'm not, like, e- I'm not even sure. I don't, 90s, I don't, I don't late nineties, ninety seven, ninety eight. I've seen, uh, I've seen the film and, and footage of it, but it w- that would have been a fun time for sure. I know my parents, uh, they went to a couple games, so that was that was their era. So I was a little late. Did you have a favorite player during your time watching the Jazz or uh, anyone love, that you looked for? I love D. Will, Darren William, Carlos Boozer, uh, Andre Karolinko, a.k.a. K-47. Uh, super fun to watch. And uh, they were good. They were good. And then it kind of went downhill. But it's all good. Let me ask you about the name because I know a lot of people here oh, are man. sensitive about, you know, the New Orleans Jazz and, you know, Utah I, Jazz. I wish so badly 
Oh, not badly, but I mean, it'd be cool if we were still the Jazz, yeah. obviously. But I think they've had it for a while now, and right. you think of the Jazz, you think of Utah. So I don't know. Maybe maybe it'll change one day. But hey, the Pelicans, we're, we're going strong. So. We're, we're taking that name. We're running with it. Any favorite memories of going to Jazz games when you were a kid? Anything that um, stuck out to you? I think they might be in the same arena. Just they've been I through did. five different names, but it, maybe my most recent one. I sat courtside. I think it was my senior year, junior year in high school, and I saw. I got to see LeBron play for the first time, like up close and personal, um, and just to see like the physicality and just the the built. She was so strong, and, and everyone else was so strong. I just remembered. Um, Kind of saying, man, I, I wish, I hope I can be out there one day, and, and here I am. Would you label Salt Lake City in the surrounding area a basketball town? You saw the fan base and how you know how passionate they are. Yeah, is it a, maybe a, a basketball town that maybe not a lot of people expect it to be? I think so, especially now. I think it's 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 uh, it's turned more that way. You know, with being the only the professional team, and I think yeah, in the soccer they have a soccer team, but uh, their fan base is, is incredible. You know, they. Uh, they're sold out every night, and they're loud. And I mean, I would say Utah's a basketball state for sure. Growing up playing basketball there in Utah, I mean, how much was it through whether it was travel ball, high school ball? I mean, I know you see the fan base, but how popular was it just for kids playing and recreation of basketball? Oh, it was super popular. Um, and and I, I played AAU growing up, so we, we would travel outside of state. But it's, it's funny because people outside of the state think that, you know, Utah basketball isn't really competitive, so... Uh, whatever team we, we'd play, we'd always kind of, they'd look at us and they'd overlook us and then we, we'd be right in there with them. Um, but I, I think it's getting more competitive and, uh, you know, it's, it's awesome to go back and, and see, you know, high school kids and, and, and uh, kids my age still hooping and uh, representing the state of Utah. All right, let's come back full circle and talk about the game against the Jazz and kind of what you're looking forward to, whether it's individually or team-wise for these last preseason games. What are some goals for you guys heading into the regular season in just a couple weeks? I think we really need to lock in defensively. Um, you know, playing hard on and off the ball uh, 100% of the time. Um, you know, we kind of took some plays off last night and, and let the let the score get away from us a little bit. So I think we got to lock in defensively and, and continue to take care of the ball and uh, limit our turnovers. How much of that is communication-based when talking about defensively? Is that some of the issues right now, just learning your guys and knowing when guys are going to be able to help you out? I think that's part of it. You know, uh, communications. It's probably the number one, number one thing you think of when you think of defense. So, uh, I, th- I think I think we're getting the hang of it. Um, you know, I'm not worried about us. We, it, it also, it starts with effort too. You know, anybody can play defense. It's all it's all about effort and, uh, and communication, like you said. So I'm not I'm not worried about it. We'll we'll get it, we'll get it down and uh, we'll lock in these next you know week or two and get ready for uh, our game in Toronto. Last question: What about you? I know you've you've done well hitting your shots here in the first couple of games. Is there anything personally you're trying to work on uh, leading into the regular season? Yeah, I, I think I said defensively just yeah. to always uh, you know lock up my, my matchups and I think on offense just taking care of the ball, uh, making the right reads and slowing down, you know, kind of reading the floor a little bit. Uh, I, I feel like I've gotten better and, and been able to grow um, in that area. So uh, yeah, man, I'm excited for this year. Well, Jim, I guess what stuck out to me and it made me feel very old is talking about that he wasn't pretty much alive during the Stockton Malone era. Um, so when I asked him about his favorite players watching, he talked about Darren Williams. And I'm like, I was almost in college when he was going. And I don't feel like I'm that old, but still, I was like, 
He was talking about Andre Kirilenko and Carlos Boozer and Darren Williams. I'm like, oh, my Lord, all these players. I mean, Zion's 19, for God's sake. So I, I think that's what caught my eye. But it, it's pretty cool to hear, you know, that yeah. this is the team that they grew up watching. Um, I'm sure all of us, you know, I grew up in Atlanta. So going to the Omni and going to State Farm Arena, which looks way different than when it was Phillips Arena oh, yeah. and the yeah. Omni. For The Omni was a, a big cube that sat like, sat like 30,000 yeah. people. But um, huh. It's just funny to see, you know, them they look up to these certain guys and these teams, and now you play them in the NBA. It's got to feel surreal a little bit. I feel like, you know, we, we need to be ready because someday down the road we're going to be talking to somebody from Utah who plays in the NBA, and they're going to say, man, I remember growing up my guy was Dante Exum and Jay Crowder. I yeah. love those guys. Yeah. So Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that is interesting. He's, uh, he, he's definitely uh, – a Utah guy. I mean, I think he his birthday was. I, I need to look this up, but I want to say it was like ninety nine, maybe. Yeah. So the the famous, I think, probably still to this day, the best rated NBA Finals in the past forever were the two years that Utah played the Bulls in the Finals. That was ninety seven and ninety eight. Yep. So um so yeah, he just missed the cut on those. He wasn't he wasn't around for the the absolute glory days of the Jazz, but he still saw. I'm sure saw a ton of good basketball. They still had a lot of really good teams with with Darren Williams and Carlos Boozer and those guys. Yeah, and he had to ask me when those when those times were that they went to the finals. So it's like the fact that he had to ask that, which meant he didn't remember him or wasn't even alive yeah. to talk about him. But it is the Pelicans and the Jazz tonight from the Smoothie King Center, 7 p.m. Central Time. You can watch it locally on Fox Sports New Orleans, which is awesome in itself. That preseason action is on locally. Joel Myers and Antonio Daniels on the call. Of course, you can listen locally as well on ESPN 100.3 New Orleans. With Todd Graffanini and John DeShazer. I'll have pregame for you starting at 6.30 p.m. Jim and I will have a pregame report as well for you that will go on Twitter at PelicansNBA. And then we're back, Jim, the Pelicans postgame show. Pelicans OT. And uh, I expect a heavy amount of callers for our lone preseason visit. Yes, you know, we love Miss Carroll and we love West Bank Rick. And I'm sure we could go down the line. I would love to see the the group of people that call in expand. Right. Hear some hear some new voices. We we love the um the the standbys and they always have great things to say. Miss Carol always has in, inspirational things for us after games. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to uh to um talking basketball with people. It's always one of the most fun and enjoyable parts of the uh, home game schedule for me. And especially when uh, there's ex- such excitement for the team the way there is right now. Do you know why I think we'll have some new callers tonight? Because I'm giving away two tickets to Pelicans Ooh. and Mavericks. Home opener. Some great seats. I'm telling you, I have them, and I almost took them for myself for opening <laughs> night. But you might want to chime in, 504-593-4910. But don't call in now because you won't. no one will be there to answer. But And Daniel, how do they win? Well... Thank you, Jim, for asking. <laughs> I think the best way is we're going to look for the best caller tonight, and that could be instantly. The first caller just really lights it up, and we're impressed. We'll give you the tickets, but we encourage everyone just kind of, whether it's a thought, whether it's a question, whether it's a, an observation, um, we're not looking for, like, impressions of us or, you know, sing a song, but, you know, we encourage some some good conversation, and I think that will determine how they would win the tickets. But that's a great question, Jim. And I, I swear we didn't rehearse that. I swear we just came up with that on the spot. No, because so. I was staring at you like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but, yes, that's a good idea to kind of help people out with how 
they can win those tickets. So yeah, yeah I hope to see you at the Smoothie King Center tonight. Um, and we're certainly looking forward to seeing you as well. That'll do it for today's podcast. Big thanks to Frank Jackson, of course, Jim Eichenhofer. Monday, we'll have another one for you as we'll be back home after Sunday's game in San Antonio against the Spurs at 3 p.m. Central Time. Till then, for Jim, I'm Daniel Sellers. Enjoy the game, everyone, and have a great weekend.